Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed recording this podcast episode. Why? Because the Real Housewives of Atlanta are back after a one-week hiatus because of the 4th of July weekend. We also have the return of Countess Luann De Lesseps and Lady Sonia Morgan with their brand new show, Luann and Sonia, Welcome to Crappie Lake. And of course, I can't leave you hanging without some Bravo news. Uh, Word on the street is that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have gone back into production to capture the aftermath of the separation announcement with Kyle Richards and Mauricio Umansky. Also, we have some news about Kenya Moore and her tumultuous divorce with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Mark Daly. He's requesting that she be charged with contempt of court. What is going on? And, of course, one of my favorite new Bravo shows, it was announced that they have been renewed for a second season and they start filming this summer. So let me stop wasting your time. Let's get right into it. I have some piping hot tea for you today because I have some Bravo news for you. Let's start off with Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I just want to say it was announced this afternoon that Summer House Martha's Vineyard is renewed for a second season and they start filming this summer. I personally believe that this is a well-deserved season two renewal. The cast put on a great show. There were great dynamics. There was accountability. There was drama. There was emotional intelligence, which is not something you see often on a reality show, especially a show on Bravo. I'm very happy for the cast, and I hope that they bring everyone back. And yes, I mean everyone, including Jasmine, including Silas. That means give Mariah a second chance.com. And I'm even willing to give Phil a second chance, who didn't even last five hours in the house. If you have not watched Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, give it a chance. You just have to get through the first three, four episodes, and then it takes off from there. So congratulations to the cast of Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. Now, let's get into some news about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So according to TMZ, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is quickly jumping back into production for pickups to chase the buzz surrounding Kyle Richards and Mauricio Emansky's split. TMZ has learned. Sources connected to the reality series tell TMZ the crew is going back to film more of season 13 and the ladies will begin shooting this week. Now, it's unclear how long the women will be back in front of the camera, but TMZ was told that it won't be long. It won't be a long shoot schedule. The main goal is to get the fallout and the talking points around the breakup. Uh, This season originally wrapped filming in May, but it is clear Producers felt it was worthy to get the cameras back up. And I agree because, you know, there has been rumblings about the marriage of Kyle and Mauricio for years. I, I 
think I mentioned this on the last episode or maybe this episode. I can't even remember. There's so many episodes at this point. I think this is episode 19. But, you know, if you go back to like maybe season three or four of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, when uh, Mauricio and Kyle were in, I believe, In Touch magazine and... Uh, Brandy Glanville revealed that Lisa Vanderpump uh, put the tabloid about Kyle and Mauricio into Brandy Glanville's uh, suitcase to bring on their cash trip to Hawaii with the hopes that it would be brought up on the show. So there has been, you know, rumors about Mauricio and Kyle's marriage for like a good 10 or 11 years now. And of course, it was announced that they are separating word on the street. The rumor is that Kyle has been uh, become very good friends with this country singer, Morgan Wade. Allegedly, they have been dating. So how you doing, Kyle? (laughs) How you doing? Um, Listen, my only hope is that if the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has gone back into production. I hope that Kyle and Mauricio are going to be honest and transparent about what actually is going down in their marriage. Because things were probably not well while they were filming season 13. And they probably just chose not to talk about it. And this is my problem with Kyle Richards. I think she's great. I think she's a great housewife. She is the glue of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But listen, Kyle tries to take the easy road and Kyle does not really give us personal story unless it is involving her sisters, Kathy and Kim Richards. So listen, my hope, if this show's going back into production, mention it all, Kyle Richards. Be honest with the fans from the show. Because the streets are talking, the internet is talking, Twitter is talking, blogs are talking, Instagram is talking. So now it's your time to talk. Now we are moving right along to some unfortunate news about Kenya Moore. So um, according to Radar Online, Kenya Moore's estranged husband, Mark Daly, has demanded the reality star be found in contempt of court after their daughter, Brooklyn, was present for a fight on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, RadarOnline.com has learned. According to the court documents obtained by RadarOnline.com, Mark is furious. The four-year-old was present during filming when the Real Housewives of Atlanta star Marlo Hampton attempted to kick down the door of Kenya's hotel room where Brooklyn was sleeping. Before the divorce, Kenya filed a separate case over custody, pleading for primary custody. As a part of the case, Mark fought to keep Brooklyn off of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. But in the end, the parties agreed Kenya would have sole custody of Brooklyn with Mark having visitation, and the judge ruled that the minor could appear on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, but with restrictions. And see, you know, I have mentioned on this podcast, you know, before when I'm recapping the Real Housewives of Atlanta that, yes, it is wonderful to see Kenya Moore dating and she seems happy and she's glowing. But one thing I have been consistent with what I have been saying is that Kenya Moore is not giving us personal story. She isn't. 
And this is the prime example. All of this is happening in her uh, divorce with her soon-to-be ex-husband, and she's not talking about it. And I don't know if she's legally not allowed to talk about it, but at least tell us, the viewers, that you were not allowed to talk about it. Because to me, it just looks like you're trying to avoid the whole discussion. And if you are going to be on a reality show, give us your reality. That's all I'm asking. That is all I am asking of you, Kenya Moore. But that's all I have for Bravo News. And when we return, we are going to get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Don't you go anywhere. But you can go to the bathroom if you need to. I'll give you a pass for that. Go to the bathroom, come back, finish listening to the pod. Now we have The Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season 15, episode 9, titled Better Late Than Ugly. So the show starts off with Sheree getting acupuncture. Uh, If you remember, a couple of episodes ago, we found out through, uh, I believe it was Sheree's doctor's appointment where she got an ultrasound. Sheree has multiple lemon-sized fibroids, and her doctor suggested medical intervention like shrinkage of the fibroids or surgical removal of the fibroids to deal with those multiple lemon-sized fibroids. But Sheree is adamant about the fact that she does not want to go under, she does not want to have surgery, that she rather approach this medical situation in a holistic manner to see if there are natural remedies to shrink Fibroids. Now, I have to say, Sheree does decide to get acupuncture for this medical situation. And some friends of mine have gotten acupuncture to help with different things that they were dealing with. I have a friend who got acupuncture to help with her morning sickness while she was pregnant because nothing else was helping. I have a friend who got acupuncture to assist with his migraines because nothing else was working. And the acupuncture worked for several months. Now, I don't know. I don't know much. I'm just Jared, and I talk about shows on Bravo. (laughs) I am not a doctor of holistic medicine, but I just don't think, and I don't know if acupuncture is the correct remedy for a medical situation that possibly requires surgery. That's all I have to say. But I support you, Sheree, and your journey of holistic healing, which we actually find out later in this episode, is going to take the cast on a trip to Portugal, which uh, Kenya thinks is Spain. Uh, We'll get to that later. So we get to the next scene. We're at Marlo's house. Marlo's talking with Ty about her date with Scottly, and we find out that Scottly sent Marlo good morning text the day after their date. Marlo opens up about the fact that she is fearful of opening herself to love because she thinks a potential partner could use her and the things they know about her to hurt her and take advantage of her. Marlo, you just got to let go and let God. Let go and let God, because I personally would love to 
I would love to see Marlo find love in her life. Marlo's always taking care of other people. Love, you know what? Marlo would be awesome with the dating show on VH1. I heart Marlo. Everyone loves Marlo. One shot of Marlo. Listen, listen, bravo. Listen. 12 eligible bachelors, excuse me, compete for the love of Marlo Hampton. Listen, just give me that producer credit, bravo. Just give me that producer credit. So we move on to the next scene, and this is the preparation for Sanya's Mommy Nation brunch. Sanya is preparing for her charity brunch, and she shares that her donation goal for the brunch is $50,000. Sanya shares that her auctioneer has COVID. Listen, on this season of Atlanta, it seems like everyone has had COVID, the flu. I didn't know this many people were getting sick last fall in Atlanta. I wasn't. I was sick the year before because my family went to a, I believe it was a Christmas Eve gathering at a cousin's house. And of course, I was with my family Christmas Day. And then I ended up getting COVID with uh, a fever of like 101 degrees. I felt like I was dying and burning. Like I felt like someone just put me, put me in, you know, a kiln. You know what a kiln is? What you use to make pottery? I felt like someone put me in a kiln and turned it all the way up, and I was cold and hot and sweating at the same time. Thank you, family. So I missed, I missed my New Year's Eve plans with my friends and had to, you know, toast to the new year over FaceTime. But I swear to you, I'm not bitter about it. But like I said, Sanya's friend suggests that Kenya Moore be the auctioneer, which I think was a great idea. Listen, this friend thinks fast on her feet. And if you have someone in your circle like a Kenya Moore, you ask Kenya Moore to show up because it seems like uh, Sanya likes to ask Kenya Moore to show up often to help promote and support her events. So we get to the next scene, the Kenya Moore hair care shoot. And I have to point out, in almost every episode, there has been at least one scene on every episode thus far this season where Kenya promotes and or discusses Kenya Moore hair care. And I think it's smart. Listen, if you're on a platform like this, you better use it. But... I think we're getting a little bit too much Kenya Moore hair care. And I would like more personal story from Kenya Moore. Now, listen, if your ears are to the streets like mine, if you pay attention to the blogs, Instagram, Twitter, and the housewife universe, we have all seen, I have seen, that Kenya Moore has been going through a contentious divorce with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Mark. And Kenya Moore has not talked about it at all. And I would like her to. All I needed was a producer to be like, hey, Kenya, uh, what's going on with your divorce with Mark? And that would give Kenya the ability to say, listen, I would love to talk about my divorce, but it's very nasty right now. And the legal agreement is that I will not talk about our divorce on this show. So that is what I'm choosing to do 
for my mental health, for my sanity, for my emotion, and for my child. I would respect that. But we have not seen that. So to me, it feels like Kenya Moore is not sharing her personal story. But then, oh then, Kenya Man's, I said Kenya Man's, Kenya's man, Roy, the CEO of Kill Me Crazy, arrives to bring Kenya some food. And I just look at Kenya Moore. She becomes giddy like a schoolgirl. She is glowing. And I love a happy Kenya Moore. I'm glad we finally got to see Roy show up and support Kenya, not just through FaceTime. And that shows that he cares enough. He cares enough, even though this is great cross promotion for his business, Kill Me Crazy. Listen, I got to be honest. <laughs> I got to be honest. So then Sanya FaceTimes Kenya to ask her to be the auctioneer for her mommy nation brunch. And Kenya more agrees. I love how anytime Sanya needs help with a friend, a business, a project, she goes to Candy or Kenya and not her very, very good friend Marlo that she loves to defend all the time. I just I just had to point out that tidbit. Go back into the archives. Sanya always wants to turn to Kenya and Candy to help support and promote a business. Because at the end of the day, of all the ladies on this cast, Kenya and Candy have the biggest reach. Kenya has a couple of million Instagram followers. Candy has 10 million Instagram followers. I just wanted to point that little tidbit out. So we move on to the next scene, and this is with Drew Sedora and her family. Drew feels accomplished, as she should, for producing her first music video, and she loves the time that she gets to spend with her family, like her mother and her sister, who are in town. Drew shares that her sister Allison has quite the accomplished career of for herself in the entertainment business. So, of course, we know that Allison has been managing Drew's career since she was eight. But Allison was also a television writer for the show Martin, for Amen. She worked for WME, which is William Morris Endeavor. This is, if you don't know about WME, this is one of the top talent agencies in the country. Like, all the biggest names in the entertainment industry are repped by either WME, William Morris Endeavor, or CAA. You either want to be repped by WME or CAA. And we also find out that Allison worked for Johnny Carson Production. And then I think uh, Drew said that she was running uh, Wesley Snipes Production Company as well. So, uh, listen... Applause for Sister Allison, who has done all the things, all of the things. But then Allison opens up about her time in the mental health facility. Allison shares that she was in an abusive relationship and as a result, dealt with nightmares, anxiety, and PTSD, among other things. Allison shared that she never dealt with her trauma in the past But she's grateful in this moment to have the help and support of her family. And I have to be honest, after Allison has opened up and shared her struggles, it kind of makes me look 
at Ralph with a side eye. Because even though Allison called you manipulative, Ralph, Drew is your wife and her sister was suffering. And you banned her sister from your home. I guess that's your right because it's your home. And it was probably because Allison bruised your ego, Ralph. Sorry, my stomach is grumbling and I don't know why. So if you hear some, that is my tummy. That is my tummy, tummy, tummy. Um, But I feel like Allison probably bruised Ralph's ego by calling him out to be the person that Drew has accused him to be. I think in the divorce filing, uh, Drew accused... Well, no, Drew accused Ralph of being... I think Drew accused Ralph of being manipulative and financially abusive. So I feel like Allison clocked Ralph for who he was or who he is, who he has been accused of being, and Ralph did not like that. So Ralph banned Allison from the house, even though Allison was going through hell. So I am looking at Ralph... You know, with a bit of side eye, like, man, put your ego aside and be there for your wife and the mar- and the family that you married into, for better or for worse, and be there for your wife and your sister-in-law, even if she called you manipulative, which was probably true, and you didn't like it. Another thing I'm going to point out in this scene is I'm happy that Drew clarified the age gap of Allison and Drew. So we find out Allison is 20 years older than Drew because at first the math was not mathing in my head. And I think it was not mathing in a lot of people's head. Because we find out, you know, of course, Drew said Allison started managing her at the age of eight. And I was like, damn, how old is Allison then? 15? Isn't that against child labor laws? Managing an eight-year-old and you're 15? But now we know that Allison is 20 years older than Drew. So when Drew was eight, Allison was 28. This makes sense. Thank you, Drew, for the clarity. So we get to the next scene. And listen, so I I, I split each scene up and type notes and bullet points, things I want to remember to hit as I recap these shows. And so, like, I literally have in bold scene six, colon... Or semicolon. I think it's a colon. I'm not illiterate. I I went to school, I swear. It's scene six, colon, Real Real Housewives of Atlanta legacy. And I say that because that's what this scene kind of felt like. You know, it was an interesting scene because it felt like a show within a show. Like Bravo was testing the idea of a Real Housewives of Atlanta legacy spinoff. And so in this legacy spinoff a show within the show we have dinner with the ogs of the real housewives of atlanta we have sheree whitfield we have lisa Wu, who you know joined the show in the beginning as lisa Wu hartwell but now she's divorced so just lisa Wu, deshaun snow who is also divorced from her ex-husband basketball player i believe he played for the celtics his name is eric snow and they lived at Okay, so I know, side note, Deshaun Snow, when she joined the show, Deshaun Snow lived in this 14,000 square foot house in the Manor Golf and Country Club in 
Milton, Georgia, which ironically is the same neighborhood where Kim Zosiak's house is that has been under foreclosure twice and was almost auctioned off by the Fulton County Courthouse. So I, you know, I just wanted to uh, bridge that gap, that connection right there. Uh, And we also have the OG Kim Zosiak. And might I add, the only person missing was Lenithia Nini leaks, which we know why she she wasn't invited uh, to this OG lunch or dinner. Um, and did anyone notice that they left an empty chair at the table? Um, w- was that was that subtle shade at Nene leaks? Did anyone else notice that there was a chair, an empty chair at that table? There was the four of them, Sheree, Lisa, Deshaun, Kim, and in the front of the table, there was an empty chair, and I believe that was for Nene Leakes. Just my observation. But of course, Kim Zosiak, don't be tardy for the party, arrives last. And I love that Lisa Wu said to <laughs> Kim Zosiak, she was like, I don't know whether to hug you or choke you. <laughs> Listen, Lisa Wu, when she shows up on camera, because I believe that Lisa Wu was in a scene or two last season on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Lisa Wu shows up on camera ready to go. Like, I don't know if, if she drinks beforehand or is a little tipsy right now, but Lisa Wu is, like, bouncing out the seat, ready to choke, you know, Kim Zosiak. Lisa Wu does not remember whether she hates or loves Kim Zosiak. Let's let's remember season one reunion on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Lisa Wu did threaten to flip Kim Zosiak over a couch. And then Kim Zosiak sits down and does something very distasteful, which, you know, is on brand for Kim Zosiak Beerman. She insults her mother, whom she does not have a great relationship with, and says the only good thing that she got from that bitch is her good genes. Now, one thing I would like to point out first Very nasty and very rude to say that about your mother on national television. Feel whatever way you feel about your mother. Don't insult her like that on national television. Second, I love how Kim Zosiak is just pretending like the current face that she's wearing is the original face we were introduced to 15 years ago. Uh, Because from my eyes... You know, I do wear glasses, but my vision's not bad. From my eyes, you would think that Kim Zosiak is in witness protection. Because if you held up the before and after, these are two different people. Is she hiding from Big Papa? Is she in witness protection? Is that why she lives in a gated neighborhood? (laughs) Shout out to Big Papa. I love you, Big Papa. I love you, Papa. Listen, those were the most hilarious Kim Zosiak scenes in the beginning of The Royal Housewives of Atlanta, okay? Listen, Kim Zosiak would want a diamond ring. She was like, let me call Papa. Thank you, Papa. Kim Zosiak drove off the lot of Cadillac with a brand new white Escalade fully loaded. Thank you, Papa. Listen, (laughs) and based on the financial situation of Kim and Croy, Listen, I bet you Kim wished she still had a big papa. Also, side note, I hate to be the person to point this out because I love me some Sheree Whitfield. 
but I think that Sheree allegedly got a nose job. And I'm saying this because in this Real Housewives of Atlanta, excuse me, in this Real Housewives of Atlanta legacy scene that we are witnessing right now, look at Sheree's face in the scene with the OGs compared to her face in her confessional wearing that purple dress. Sheree, you are a beautiful woman, and I hate that you allegedly did that to your nose. And I say allegedly because Sheree has not confirmed, even though I have eyes and I can see, Sheree has not confirmed that she has had plastic surgery on her face. But from what I can see, Sheree Whitfield now has a teddy bear nose. That's right, listeners. Sheree has a teddy bear nose that she paid for. Okay? She didn't need to fix that face. She had a beautiful face. Well, she did. Oh, Sheree, why? Was not necessary. And you can't reverse a nose job. I don't think you can go back and undo that. Sheree. So Sheree mentions to the ladies that she invited the girls on a trip to Portugal. And I love uh, how... (laughs) In this scene <laughs> that I mentioned earlier, Kenya's like, oh, I've never been to Spain before. Um, Kenya, uh, you failed this geography pop quiz. Failed. Big fat F. Okay, not even not even an A for effort. Who on earth told Kenya Moore that Portugal is Spain? Okay? Make that make sense to me. Because Like, has anyone ever told Kenya, like, hey, I'm going to Portugal. Oh, I'm interested in going to Portugal. And, like, this whole time, has Kenya thought, oh, they're going to Spain? Like, I'm sorry, it does not make sense to me. You know, Kenya is a woman of a particular age, and I I would think at this point in her life, Kenya knows that. Portugal is a separate country for Spain. But, you know, I don't want to judge Kenya because there's many things out there in the world that I don't know. Geography is not one of them. But there are many things that I don't know, like, you know, geopolitical issues that plague, you know, several countries on Earth. You know, that that's not my flavor. Bravo is my flavor. But I do know... Portugal is a separate country from Spain. And actually, Portugal is on my list of countries to visit. If you guys did not know this, uh, Portugal is like the number one country for Americans to move to, like expats. And apparently it's because Portugal has very good, uh, has very easy visa application law situation. Listen, I I once wanted to move to London, and then I looked up the visa process, and I was immediately like, no, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. Looks expensive. Sounds stressful. The fact that you just moved to another country on a hope and a dream that a job you get will sponsor you to live in this country. No, thank you. But apparently, Portugal, it's very easy to move there as an American. So much so that Americans, expats, 
are raising the housing prices and rental prices in Portugal to the point where the Portuguese in Portugal can afford rental prices and housing prices. So leave it to Americans to move to a place and make things more expensive for the people that live there. Us Americans, hashtag it. But uh, then Kenya, not Kenya, Kim, Kim Zosiak mentions that when she first met Croy, her current husband, Croy Bierman, uh, and she mentions the fact that she and Croy are still happily married 11 years later. <laughs> didn't that age well? <laughs> nope, it didn't. It did not age well. It is a nasty piece of rotten blue cheese in the fridge. Did not age well. And then Lisa Wu does what an OG housewife does. She asks the important question. Lisa Wu is like, um, I saw in the media that uh, you're losing your house. And of course, Kim is like, bitch, you think I'm going to foreclose on my multi-million dollar mansion for 200 grand? Uh, yes, Kim. Yes, we do. Because we've seen it in the news. Your home has been up for foreclosure like two or three times. Your home was almost auctioned off by the Fulton County Court like six months ago. But Kim is like, you really think I'm going to lose my multi-million dollar mansion for $200,000? Uh, Kim, we know you have no money. We know that you and Croy over owe more than a million dollars to the IRS. We know that you have a huge gambling debt and allegedly left your child or children allegedly in a car until 3 a.m. so you can get your gambling rocks off. See, that's one thing about Kim is that, you know, she talks a good game. She talks a lot of shite. She's not afraid to defend herself. But Kenya's not, I keep on calling Kim Kenya. Kim Zosiak's stories don't really story that well. And this is a prime example. You know, the first one was when she mentioned that her and Croy are still happily married 11 years later. And now they were going through a contentious divorce. You know, Croy is suggesting that Kim needs a mental health evaluation. Croy thinks that Kim is trying to have her son kidnapped. We have leaked audio of a 911 call. And then over the 4th of July weekend, Kim and Croy and the kids go to church. And then like two days later, it's announced that they're no longer going through a divorce. Which is like, I feel like I wasted so much time talking about Kim and Croy in my Bravo News section of my podcast. So forgive me, listeners. Because at this point, I don't even know if I would like Kim to be back on the show. Because is she going to be honest? Is she going to be authentic? Or is she just going to be like, oh, I got money. I'm good. Me and my life. We're perfect. Me and my husband. We love each other. My kids are perfect. When the streets talk, news has come out. Your life is not perfect. You're broke, Kim. And you look like a plastic blow-up doll. But then have the nerve to shade your mother, and say it's the jeans. No, it's a doctor who was maybe wearing jeans when they worked on your face. I don't know if it was a man doctor or a woman doctor or anything in between. Non-binary is what I mean. But, like, the only jeans that are good on you 
or maybe the jeans the doctor wore to fix your face and do whatever these doctors have done to your body to make you look like you were in a witness protection program. So I say, Kim saying that, you know, do you really think I would foreclose on my multi-million dollar mansion for $200,000? This is yet another thing that has not aged well <laughs> in less than a year from Kim Zosiak. But before I move on from this scene, I would like to say uh, it was nice seeing Deshaun Snow. We haven't seen her since season one of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I will say one thing that has not changed is Deshaun is still not a woman of many words. And she still has nothing to say, which is why she was fired after season one. But it was good to see you, Deshaun. (laughs) It was wonderful to see you. So we move on to the next scene, the Mommy Nation brunch. And I have to say, boy, oh boy, the dynamics between Sandy and her family, especially her sister, is quite interesting. And even though I find it interesting, I still don't care. To be honest, I love Sandy as a person. She's kind. She's accomplished. She's a good mother. She's a good wife. She has a loving husband. She has a great family. And she has somewhat of an entertaining dysfunctional household if you include her you know extended family but even with all those things mixing in the pot it is still not a great housewife make for Sanya Ross Richardson is it Sanya Ross Richardson I think that's her name sorry Sanya and I say that to say I feel like the most interesting thing about Sanya is her family and their high <laughs> Dare I say, her sister should have been the housewife, not Sanya. I mean, her sister already has her own confessional. Bravo might as well uh, write up a contract and give it to her. I would take Sanya's sister as a friend of or a housewife because I believe Sanya's sister has what it takes to be a great housewife. Sanya does not. I'm just saying. But one thing that has been made abundantly clear by Sanya's sister and the rest of the family, what I have come to realize is that the work-family dynamic when it comes to Sanya and her family, I believe that Sanya loves her family. I believe that Sanya wants to work with her family. I believe that Sanya wants to keep the business within her family. But what it seems like to me is that Sanya is not an effective communicator when it comes to business matters with her family. Because it seems as if Sanya expects her family to be ready to work for her at all hours of the day. And that does not work for Sanya's sister. Hashtag no boundaries. So we get to the Mommy Nation brunch, and we have the arrival of Cousin Courtney, who I kind of missed. I missed that bubbly energy. We have Monietta, we have Sheree, we have Marlo. They have arrived to the Mommy Nation brunch, and the ladies asked Marlo how her date went. And in this moment, they were very supportive of Marlo to her face, but in the confessionals, Lord, the shade. All the ladies say that Marlo needs a man. That's rich, which does not bode well with all those rumors that Marlo is a gold digger. She take my money while I'm in need. She's a trifling thing indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. 
You take my mind. I ain't messing with no bold nigga. You ain't messing with no broke, no broke. Uh, such a great Kanye song. Such a great Kanye West song. That's old school Kanye. I miss the old Kanye, but let me get back to the show. So, yes, all the ladies in their confessionals say that Marlo needs a rich man, which doesn't bode well with the rumors that Marlo is a gold digger. And that's when I went into my little tangent singing Gold Digger by Kanye West and Jamie Foxx. But as a longtime viewer of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, I know Marlo loves a rich man. She has said it. We all know it. So the ladies are only just saying what they know about Marlo, that she needs a rich man. But then Can- Candy, booked and busy Burris, arrives at the brunch and we find out that Candy had a concert the night prior in Nashville and also has a concert the night of this brunch. Because if you don't know, Candy is one-fourth of the multi-platinum selling group Escape. And then Sanya shades Candy in her confessional saying that even though she is grateful Candy showed up to the Mommy Nation brunch, Candy has missed other group events. I don't know why that shade from Sanya, that light shade, not convincing shade, non-entertaining shade. I don't understand why that shade was necessary from Sanya because let's remember, Candy is booked and busy as we know. The same way that you, Sanya, have multiple jobs. You know, you talk about you work with NBC Sports. You host the Kentucky Derby. So, like, why are you shading Candy? Because the fact that, you know, her busy schedule uh, sometimes creates a situation where she can't show up to every group event on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, why be fake and phony towards Candy in your confessional when Candy has been nothing but a good friend to you, Sanya, and even invited you and your family to Disney with her family? But then I love this moment that happens. Sheree's son, Cairo, arrives to the Mommy Nation brunch and presents his mother, Sheree, with a Mommy Nation award. If there's one thing I love about Sheree Whitfield is I love seeing her with her family. Sheree loves her kids to death, as as most mothers do. But I have to point out the softest, the most vulnerable and tender parts of Sheree we see when she's with her kids, when she's talking about her kids, when she's talking about her unconditional love for her children. So I love to see that softness uh, of Sheree. I love to see it. So then we have the introduction and the arrival of the Mommy Nation brunch auctioneer, which is Kenya Moore, wearing God knows what. Okay. This looks like a Project Runway dress that would have gotten the designer eliminated from the show. But despite her outfit for the brunch, Kenya came locked and ready to help Mommy Nation reach their $50,000 goal, which they exceeded by raising $78,000. And that's that Kenya Moore magic. Kenya Moore, as we know, is a woman that knows how to show up and do the thing and make things happen. She does the job. Kenya Moore did the thing like Angela Bassett. Now, one part that confused me, that baffled me, uh, that I had to get on the internets about, um, is this moment where (laughs) Sammy is like, 
they're going to do an auction to cover rent for a two-bedroom apartment in Atlanta. And Samia says the average cost of a two-bedroom apartment is $1,257, I think, $1,257. And I would like to know, where the hell are these apartments in Atlanta? Do they have front doors? Do they have indoor plumbing? Is there electricity? Is there air conditioning? Because I don't know of any two-bedroom apartments that are $1,200 a month. Because I am paying much more than that for my one-bedroom apartment. Even though I love where I live. No complaints. I love where I live. But I just know where I live, the cost of a two-bedroom apartment, you know, starts at like maybe twenty-two, twenty-three hundred, twenty-five hundred, maybe. So I... I don't know where these $1,200 two-bedroom apartments are. Let me know. If it's in a nice, safe area, I might have to move. I might have to because I'm all about saving some money. I would love to spend $1,200 on rent, but I don't think this $1,200 rent exists in Atlanta at this time. I don't even think it existed last year when they were filming this show. <laughs> Someone let me know if you live in Atlanta and you know there are two-bedroom apartments, nice two-bedroom apartments in a nice, safe, gated area. If you know of any two-bedroom apartments that are $1,200, let me know because I only need a one-bedroom apartment. So that means I should be paying eight, $900 the most. But I have to say, did anyone notice that this is the first group event of the season without an argument? Now, I, I would like to say that it was probably because it was a charity event, but we know, if you know housewives, a charity event will not keep housewives from getting in an argument. <laughs> those things just, you know, those things don't correlate for a housewife. Most likely, if there is a charity event, there is going to be conflict, but there was none at the Mommy Nation brunch, so I would like to give the Real Housewives of Atlanta and the friends of a round of applause because, in my opinion, <laughs> that is progress. That is progress. A shout out to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So we have... <laughs> Probably my new obsession on Bravo. This is Luann and Sonia. Welcome to Crappie Lake. I would like to thank Baby Jesus and the Bravo gods for giving us this ray of sunshine that is this reality show that is a uh, modern and Bravo version of The Simple Life that starred Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton. Thank you very much. I'm very happy with what we have been given after the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So we have season one, episode one. Welcome to Crappie Lake. So we have Sonia Morgan and Luann Deliceps from the Real Housewives of New York City legacy because they are no longer employed housewives with Bravo. And they are coming to town to turn the Bentonians lives Upside down, and I can't wait to watch this all unfold. So we have Sonia and Luann packing for their temporary stay in Benton, Illinois. 
Sonia is doing some organized and non-organized packing. Uh, Sonia also wanted to be TV ready, <laughs> so she decided to get liposuction. And honestly, I expect nothing less from a real housewife. Uh, listen, there's a show to be done, and I want to look my best. In my mind, that is what Sonia Morgan was thinking. So then we jump to the first scene at Benton City Hall. We start off at the Benton Town Council meeting where the TV producer and former Bentonian pitches to the town council for celebrities to come to Benton to promote the city for tourism. I love how their only options were Luann and Sonia from the Royal Housewives of New York. Then Luann has a very, very shady confessional moment where she says her and Sonia Morgan have done charitable things over the years together, and she's even wearing a Sonia Morgan dress. The shade. <laughs> the shade. It was it was slight shade, subtle shade. It's Real Housewives of New York shade. And I would like to say justice for Sonia Morgan, New York, which was or is her clothing line that was carried in my favorite department store, Century 21. I worked at the Century 21 department store location in downtown Manhattan, right across from where the World Trade Center was. Um, when I was in college in 2010, um, and unfortunately the store went out of business because of COVID, which means the store no longer carries Sonia's clothing line. But this producer is telling the town council to give Luann and Sonia the full Benton, excuse me, Illinois experience. And I am here for it all. I want to see Luann and Sonia do all the things, all the things, because who is that great for? Us, the viewers. But of course, Luann and Sonia arrive in style in Benton on a private jet, but one of those scary, small propeller private jets that I am not down to get on. Uh, you know, I don't aspire to ride on a private jet, but I would love to experience a private jet at some time in my life, hopefully sooner rather than later. But then one of the fellow Bentonians and the fire chief, Shane Cockrum, which is expelled exactly how it sounds, is a little skeptical about this soon-to-come celebrity presence coming to town. And honestly, he should be, because Sonya Morgan is already planning to bring the drag queens, and I can't wait to see how that goes down, especially because, you know, these days in America, there are some people that don't feel great about drag queens. Um, yeah, so I would love to see how that goes. And then uh, some guy asks some Bentonians which celebrities they think are coming, and they say, can Kardashian, Vin, Vin Diesel, and Jessica Alba. And boy, are they all wrong. Uh, Sonia and Luann are coming to town. So Sonia and Luann landed the private jet to a large group of people holding sides. And I assume that this is a quarter of Benton's population. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong. But Luann thinks it's a demonstration of protesters. <laughs> Uh, but then they realize that this is the Benton Welcome Committee. So uh, one moment I loved is when Luann sees a car that they're going to be driving for five weeks and Luann gets in the car. 
Brad notices the air conditioning does not work and she goes straight to the mayor. I am Luann in this moment because if I'm going to be somewhere for five weeks where it's 96 degrees with 83% humidity, then I'm going to need to be air blasted everywhere I go. Everywhere. Especially the car. And then the mayor, uh, who is deeply, deeply sorry for the air conditioning not working, uh, he was a little distraught. Like, he was like, I, I am sorry I have disappointed you, Countess Luann, but I am simply the mayor of Benton, Illinois, not the mayor of New York City. Listen, at least they got you a car. Back in the day on The Simple Life... I, Nicole Ritchie and Paris Hilton, they drove around in a beat-up pickup truck, and I don't think it had air conditioning. Uh, You know, that's another thing. You can catch me if I'm wrong about that. But that pickup truck, that rusty pickup truck, didn't look like they were rocking with AC. And I feel like they were in, like, Arkansas, which I feel like gets hot as hell and humid, too. (laughs) But then Luann lets Sonya know that there's no AC in the car. And Sonya Morgan is like, what do you mean? Air-conditioned cars came out in 1985. Who does she have to fuck to get a car? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love Sonya Morgan. I love Sonia Morgan. She is one of my favorite housewives of New York. Probably my, she is my favorite because she has good energy. She's hilarious. I don't think she's putting on for the show. I just think she's being her true, authentic self. And it has always made me laugh since season three of The Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> and then on the car ride to the Benton Motel, Sonia says in her confessional that she carries several pairs of underwear with her at all times, and she thinks that this is going to be a three-pair kind of day. <laughs> so then the ladies are shown their accommodations for the next five weeks at the Benton Motel, and I love how they're genuinely shocked by the condition of the motel. And I'm shocked, too, because it's given 1980s wood paneling vibes, um, but are they really shocked that they're not staying at the Four Seasons at Crappie Lake? <laughs> Come on. Where did you think? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were expecting at least a Hyatt. Alisa Ramada, you know, something, La Quinta, but they got the Benton Motel, and they're just going to have to make it do what it do. But then Sonia sees, like, a red brick wall in the motel room, and she thinks that they're staying in a former jail. <laughs> like, there was, like, this was a former you know, jail in Benton, Illinois, like maybe 50, 60 years ago. And they just decided to convert the cells into cozy wood paneled motel rooms. And, you know, honestly, in the moment, I thought it was ridiculous. But now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it could be possible in Benton. I feel like anything is possible in Benton. Uh, But if I were Sonia and Luann... I would have driven to the nearest Walmart because I know Benton has one nearby at least 15 minutes away. I feel like every town, city, hamlet, wherever you live in America, there is probably a Walmart at least 15 minutes away because that is how 
that corporation runs our lives. But listen, I love a Walmart. I also love a Walmart neighborhood where it's just a grocery store. So like no shade to Walmart. I will even accept Walmart as, uh, you know, their promo dollars for the podcasts. Listen, love you, Walmart. But like I said, I would have driven to the nearest Walmart because I know Benton has one nearby. And I would have bought cleaning products, the best bed sheets, bath mats, a rug, some pillows, and the best comforter set that Walmart has to offer. I'm serious. I will do those things if I go and stay in a place that might be, you know, a little shady, a little dirty looking. Listen, run to Walmart and spruce that thing up and then throw everything away when you leave. (laughs) But I love that Sonia appreciates the little things like having a nice pink bathtub because, you know, Sonia loves her baths. And then... (laughs) Sonia and Luann are getting settled in their motel. Uh, I love how Luann is organized and has written a list of things that she needs for her motel room. And then we get to Sonia's room that looks like uh, it's in the beginning stages of a hoarder's paradise. And by the end of the five weeks, we probably won't be able to find Sonia in that room. (laughs) Not at all. They're going to need a search and rescue, probably the Illinois National Guard, to rescue Sonia Morgan um, from her motel room filled with dildos charging on a dildo charging station. If you have watched this episode, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or maybe this happened on the next episode. Maybe. Maybe I've jumped ahead. (laughs) So we get to this next scene, and it's at the mayor's office, and... Luann and Sonia arrive at the mayor's office where he provides them with a list of things that he would like to happen and have accomplished during their five-week stay. And the mayor's list includes building a park, putting together a Christmas in July extravaganza for the town of Benton, Illinois. Uh, He also wants them to help increase tourism uh, to upgrade the local animal shelter and to put together an end of the summer performance. And let me tell you something, Luann and Sonia are up for the task. So then we uh, jump to a moment that I would have not been down for, but I would have loved to watch. Sonia and Luann arrive to go noodling, which sounds fun and innocent. But at this moment, I learned, and maybe I'm not the only one that learned, that at least in Benton, Illinois, when you go noodling, this consists of putting your hand in a hole in a lake where you can't see your feet with the hopes of getting bitten by catfish to catch them. Hell to the gnaw, to the gnaw, gnaw, gnaw. (laughs) This is where I would opt out. And one of the noodlers is missing a finger. This is where I doubly opt out. Doubly is not a word, but like, eh, not doing it. I'm not missing a finger. What? Are you kidding? And of course, maybe losing a finger might be rare when you're going catfishing. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> catfishing. But listen, I do not want to lose a finger. But God bless that man who has four fingers and he seems proud of it. 
from his noodling incident. But I love that Luann and jo- and Jonia and Sonia jump right in, and Luann goes underwater for what seems like a long time, like five minutes, and she catches a catfish. Good for Luann. Listen, Luann is down for anything. And when I say anything, I mean anything. I eat the pirate on St. Bart's. <laughs> so then we get to the second episode. And this is titled, Let the Follies Begin. And this episode starts in Sonia's hoarder paradise, which is getting worse by the episode, like I assumed would happen. And the motel owner visits Sonia, and he's in shock (laughs) at the condition of her robe. And then he notices Sonia's vibrator on the bed, which he thinks is a dildo. And I'm not sure about the sex toy situation, but does a dildo vibrate? Um, if you are my podcast listeners, you know, message me on Twitter or uh, Instagram and let me know, do dildos vibrate? That is the uh, <laughs> most important question of this podcast episode. Um, I, like, I would not know. But uh, her dildo slash vibrator is charging on Sonia's dildo charging station. I also did not know that that existed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I have to say, if you don't know, the Real Housewives love a vibrator. It's mentioned almost on every Real Housewives franchise, including, you know, the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. And, you know, not only do the Real Housewives love a vibrator, but there are many women around the world that love a bright a vibrator. Um, and if you don't know, the Real Housewives of New York, um, you know, on season 12 <laughs> at Ramona's house, a vibrator was discovered in the chicken the next morning after crazy night where Leah McSweeney got a little wasted and was triggered by um, tiki torches. And yeah, it was a crazy episode. If you haven't seen it, go back and look. Uh, I believe it's season 12, the season before everyone got fired (laughs) from uh, the show. But moving right along. So then we have uh, Luann and Sonia, and they're about to leave for their talent show auditions. And Sonia is shocked that they still have to get back in that car with no AC. (laughs) Sonia is like, this car is not a good look for me. She doesn't even have an issue with the fact that there's no air conditioning. Uh, She just doesn't like the look of the car. And I love that she mentions that they aren't even getting paid for the logo. (laughs) That is a business mind right there. And if you know Sonya Morgan, then you know that she is a woman of many, many businesses. And some, many, have not uh, prospered. So they're in the Benton, I think, Civic Center. And uh, Sonia, of course, finds herself a scooter in the office. And it's mayhem, complete mayhem after that. But it was hilarious because they're bumping into the walls. And Luann hopped on the back of the scooter. And Luann and Sonia arrive in the auditorium in style. And that scooter was fast as hell. So, you know, in this, you know, pre-production of this uh, 
Benton Town, I guess, variety show. Luann and Sonia decide that they are going to put on a variety show for the town called the Benton Follies. So then we have Luann and Sonia, and they arrive at the Benton Fire Station to meet the local firemen. Of course, that's what you do. Um, I wonder if Luann and Sonia are going to get these men to do a like a sexy fireman calendar. I mean, you have to. If you visit the local fire station... You kind of have to do a fireman calendar. Am I right or am I wrong? But then, whew, Luann has her eyes set on the Benton fire chief, and Luann is flirting hard with a hard H. <laughs> and Luann is checking this man out, looking him up and down, asking how he stays in shape. And Luanne Deleceps is in heat and she is ready to get laid. Then Luanne is asked to be shown the workout room, wink, wink. And I feel like that's code for let's go do a Benton quickie in the broom closet. I feel like that's what that was code for. Um, and then Luanne asked the fire chief. <laughs> Wait, before that, before that. One of the other firemen in the fire station said that Alex, the fire chief, is uh, their most GQ firefighter, which, again, should lead to a GQ-style firefighter Benton Town calendar to pass out at, like, one Christmas Christmas in July. Listen, it could be a fundraiser. It could be a fundraiser. (laughs) But then Luann asks the fire chief if he likes to party, and we all know that Luann loves to party. She loves to party with a pirate in St. Bart's. Uh, She loves falling in a bush in Mexico due to hard partying. Luann loves to party, and it did end up with her in jail because, you know, she threatened to kill a police officer and managed to get herself uncuffed in the back of a police car in West Palm Beach, Florida. You know, everything goes down in Florida. Hashtag Florida man. But poor Alex, the fire chief, seems uh, really frightened by Luann's flirtation, her hard flirtation. But then uh, Luann suggests that maybe Alex can come hang out in their motel when they have a party. And I believe uh, a hotel party is code for a Benton bang bang, (laughs) a little Benton bang bang. So before Luann and Sonia head to the Benton Follies auditions, the mayor of Benton got them a new pickup truck with air conditioning. And Sonia, I love this moment. Sonia's like, we got the truck. Which reminded me of the Real Housewives of New York uh, for Luann and Tom's engagement party. This is Luann's second ex-husband who she, like, got engaged to after dating for six months. And Tom also um, used to be Sonia's F-buddy and also went on a couple of dates with Ramona. Um, It was a whole dramatic situation on the Real Housewives of New York. But this we got the truck moment reminded me of Luann and Tom's engagement party on the boat in West Palm Beach where Luann told Sonia, we got the boat. (laughs) We got the boat, Sonia. (laughs) And then at this Folly auditions, the first auditioner, um... 
decides to perform an interpretive dance of the Saw movies in full costume and makeup. And now I'm afraid that I'm going to have nightmares tonight. So pray for me, you guys. Pray for me. That was very creepy. But, you know, every town has their strange little egg. And God bless that strange little egg for being creative enough to do an interpretive dance for a horror film and full costume and makeup. This person's probably going to be auditioning for America's Got Talent in the next five years. If you are listening, uh, young lady, and you did that performance, go for it. Hashtag a star is born. But I love how genuinely, genuinely shocked and disappointed Luann is with the lack of talent in Benton, Illinois. Um, Listen, I'm sure there's a future Beyonce or Taylor Swift somewhere in Benton. They might just not be born yet. But listen, maybe Benton produces once in a generation, excuse me, kind of talent and possibly the last generation's talent from Benton might be that TV producer (laughs) from Benton. That's their Taylor Swift. And you know what? I love that for Benton. I love that for them. And then we jump to a night out in Benton, which was a lot of fun to watch. Sonia and Luann decide to paint the town red and go to the local dive, the live, oh, excuse me, the local dive bar called The Barn. The local bar goer, Kevin, with the goatee, introduces himself to Luann with his Benton beer belly. And I think Luann might be ready to take Kevin to the bathroom. (laughs) I don't know about you, but listen, Luann was ready to tug on that goatee. She was ready. We all saw it. And then they sit down at this table at the barn and they meet Billy from the bayou who invites Luann and Sonia to go mudding tomorrow, which I hope we get to see on the next episode. I don't know what mudding is, but it sounds dirty. It sounds dangerous. And I'm excited to see it. And then the Benton locals start taking off their clothes uh, and showing their tattoos. And some man, some man decided to pull down his pants and show their ass. So, I, you know, my question is, is this what happens in Benton after dark? Sounds like a reality show to me on TLC. But listen, one thing Sonia Morgan's going to do, Lady Morgan, she's going to make herself at home. And I'm pretty sure Sonia took Billy from the bayou back to her motel room for a little Benton bang bang, courtesy of the state of Illinois. and by way of the state of Louisiana. And listen, my only hope and prayer for Sonia is that she use protection because it looks like it might itch after. And that is my recap of (laughs) Luann and Sonia. Welcome to Crappie Lake. (laughs) Can you tell I really enjoyed this one? Because I really... Enjoyed this one, and I might watch the first two episodes for a third time. Don't judge me. 
don't judge me. The first time is like for initial reaction. The second time I watch is for to take notes for the podcast. The dirt. The third time is just for pure enjoyment. You know, listen, don't judge me. I have a job to do here, but I also have a life and I want to be entertained. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that. Welcome to Crappie Lake uh, recap because <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about it. 